When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about identity and how we need to do identity checks. It's so easy to be shaped by our environment and we are shaped by our environment in good ways and bad ways. But in sometimes the bad ways can impact us so much that it completely shatters our identity. And when your identity is shattered, the core of who you are becomes shattered. I have so many questions about this. How do I find myself again after getting out of a narcissistic relationship or trauma bonding or social media and just the environment, just cultural upbringing and religious upbringing, whatever, all these influences. We have to be so strong in who we are and understand who we are and understand how to do identity checks in order to deal with the impact of our environment so that we can get the best out of our environment in helping us develop our identity instead of messing with our identity, which then messes terribly with our mental health. But before we begin this podcast, I just want to remind you that this podcast is for educational purposes and not medical advice. If you need medical advice, please seek this from the appropriate medical professional. And if you haven't yet picked up a copy of my latest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, it's available wherever books are sold and on our website, drleaf.com. Don't forget to go pick up a copy of it. And also, if you sign up for our newsletter at drleaf.com, you will get a free downloadable workbook that goes with this book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess workbook. So just go to the show notes and you'll see where to sign up for that. And you'll get free tip, lots of free tips and support and help. And you'll get a free workbook that goes along with this book. And now, back to today's episode. I'm going to start by just reading a statement that I actually make in one of my other books about where I talk about identity. An identity crisis cuts to the core of your being and value and will impact what you think, feel, and do. Your identity is you. You know, you've heard me talk a lot on this podcast about the difference between the mind and the brain. And I talk about the mind being your how you think and how you feel and how you choose. Your identity is the unique way that you think and you feel and you choose. You've also heard me say often, and I'll say it again, and for those of you that are joining me for the first time, and for those of you that are just listening, I'm holding up a little tree in a pot. And this tree I always use to represent what a thought looks like. Because with our minds, we build all our experiences into thoughts inside of our brain. And thoughts are real things made of proteins and chemicals, and they look like trees. And the root system is the source. So 
in this situation, the thought you're building is about this podcast on identity. So we could call this tree identity and mental health or the title of the podcast or whatever you kind of see it in as your mind, in your mind. So let's call it identity and mental health. Everything I'm saying is going into the root system. So the source is what where it comes from. It's the source. So I'm at the moment, the source is me talking. Your interpretation of what I'm saying is going to come through your identity, which is the unique way that you are thinking, feeling, and choosing about what I'm saying, and you're building that into the branches. So you, what I'm saying is being processed from your, from what my words to your mind to your brain, the root system, and immediately. You are building the interpretation of that, what you think, feel, and choose about what I'm saying. And then that combination is how you then show up. Okay, so that's the basic premise there of mind building the thought into the brain, and you do that uniquely. So your identity is going to show up in this part. This is all the source. Your identity is showing up in how you think and how you feel and how you choose about situations. So let's say, for example, you grow up in an environment and I'm thinking of an example of, of someone, just random example, combination of examples of things people have said to me and, and, and questions people have sent in. You grow up in an environment where there's, where there's a very high demand for you to kind of prove yourself to actually, like there's maybe your parents were a school teacher or just very, very strict or they had a very strict upbringing and you've got to, everything's always got to be, to be approved. It's got to be good enough. Like you've got to draw the prettiest picture when you're little. You've got to keep your room perfect. You've got to look perfect. You've got to have the perfect words. You've got to behave perfectly. So there's this oil for approval. So unless you, you kind of read the environment, you read what the, the people in your environment expect. I mean, kids are really good at doing this. They recognize if I say this, I'm going to make my mom happy. I'm going to make my dad happy. I'm going to make my teacher happy or my make whatever caregiver happy. And because we want that, because we're relational, it's very natural as humans, we want to please others. But a child especially is doing that. And if the environment is is very strict in terms of you've got to do things a certain way, that is how that person perceives things should be done. But you may not perceive it the same way, but you recognize if you don't do it the same way, or if you don't do a version of that, you're not going to have their approval. And because you are formulating your identity all the uh, it's so identity all the time it's so organic the core of who you are is there but it's very organic and developmental the younger you are obviously the most more informed your understanding of your identity and who you are you're forming all of that so if someone in your environment is speaking all these things into your life you're getting all these root systems in that i have to do this is what 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 people want this is what what's going to make them like me so your interpretation is if i do that then i'm going to then i've got to do that to this this whole toxic thing falls up. I've got to up, up, act in a certain way to be able to get approval. And it's actually toxic. It may not be the actual behaviors are toxic, but the your thinking around that is toxic because you're trying to please that person. And in doing that, you don't form your own identity. And then there's lots of maybe good stuff in between because there always is a balance of good and bad, hopefully in most cases. Some cases it is all bad, the upbringing, but in most cases, hopefully there's majority good with these odd bad things in between. And then you grow up and it kind of manifests in different ways. And this could manifest in, for example, perfectionism. So a, a crash and, and and that perfectionism is you trying to do everything to please people. Because if you don't do that, you're a bad person or a bad mother or there's this or something like that. So how you're showing up is very, very, very much an indication of your identity. So, for example, perfectionism is a very clear indication 
of of a re- there's always a reason why you have perfectionism. It's a very clear indication that there's something to do with your identity growing up, where you had your value in doing everything perfectly for people. And because you can't do everything perfectly to please everyone, you become a perfectionist in like literally everything and kind of drive yourself crazy and everyone else in the process because you're trying to keep everyone happy. And that is a case of being shaped. And this is toxic and it shows up and eventually it will explode. These things seriously are like volcanoes. And like a volcano will bubble and bubble and bubble and eventually explode. That is what is going to happen within these situations. Okay, so, and in any situation, but we're talking specifically today about identity. So, our identities are developed and shaped through our connections with others. So, the core of who you are is there. It's like in the, the I often talk about all our experiences are like a forest because we build all these forests because we build everything, every experience is built into our mind as a, as a thought tree. And in the middle of the forest, there is this beautiful strip of green trees that is absolute perfection. And I talk about that being your wise mind. And that wise mind is your identity too. It is your how you express yourself. And then those, those, it's how you think, feel, and choose, how you see the world. It's filled with wisdom. Your identity is filled with wisdom and creativity. And it oozes out into the other trees. And it shows itself up in how you function and how, and, and how you see the world. And what you want to do more and more and more is draw on that power from that forest within, from that wise mind within where your identity is stored, where this really amazing way of thinking, feeling, and choosing is that produces something that you can do that no one else can do. And we want to keep doing through our life identity checks because lots of things can can block us accessing that forest. You know, sometimes people often talk about someone who's got a lot of self-confidence and really believe in themselves. And they, that's someone whose identity is developing and forming. And no matter what's coming in, from the experiences around that central forest, they are able to let that dominate and pour through. But sometimes we put so many toxic things on the other, other side of this forest that we kind of can't see our identity and we lose that, we, we, we sort of lose a little bit of who we are. And that is very, very destructive to our soul. It's very destructive to the core of who we are, to, to you, to your, to your value. And that's why we talk about it, uh, an identity crisis cuts to the core of your being because that forest, that wisdom, that identity, that core of who you are, it needs to be appreciated. Like that's me. And I want you to 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 love me despite what I do. And I will apologize for what I do wrong, but I want to I want to know that you value me. Each and every one of us wants that. And if we feel that we're not getting that value, we lose hope. And when we live in an in environment where we perpetually bombarded with messages of you're not good enough. You can't see that internal forest. And that's where people get very desperate and lose hope and can get suicidal and totally broken you know, and, and even suicidal. So our identities are developed and shaped in our connection with others and the impact we as individuals uniquely make. So I know you know this, but I, this is really happening. You know, we, we've got this forest and, and we've got to see this forest, or, or this forest of, of our truth. And, and we've got to, like if someone says, hey, you are just useless, we need to be able to deflect that and not absorb that. Because if we absorb that, it then blocks this core value thing and it becomes this existential crisis. But if we are tuned into identity, we're constantly doing identity checks, and I'm going to tell you how to do one in the second half of this podcast, then when people do climb into you, instead of you thinking, I'm bad, 
or if something happens, a friendship breaks, or you have an argument with a loved one, or someone says something to you about your work, or you instead of you absorbing it and into your core value and thinking, I'm bad, I'm not good enough, they don't value me, and you may not even be aware that you're doing that. But if you're feeling that like jolt of I'm like broken, that means you're absorbing it. And that means that you've built this like toxic thing around and you, around, the, around the, the beautiful part of the forest and you can't see the truth. And you're looking through this toxic view of yourself. And I'm going to tell you in a moment how to find those warning signals and so on to do an identity check. Identity check sorry, that's a mouthful. And so when, when that happens, you, if you feel this brokenness inside of you and you feel like you can't see the wood for the trees, literally, and then that affects how you show up in life. It affects how you function, what you say, what you do. And, and you start feeling losing hope, et cetera, like I was saying. So we, we then can't make the impact on the world that, that, that we should be making because there's something that you can do that no one else can do. And I want you to hear this. There's something that you can do that no one else can do. These, we don't want these, these things to be absorbed and built into us and blocking down the side of the forest, blocking the uniqueness of you. Because if that happens, you can't do what only you can do. And if you can't do what only you can do, the whole world suffers because the thought that you've just built listening to me, no one else has ever built that thought. No one else has ever seen what I'm saying in the way that you are seeing it right now. And it's your contribution, it's your view that is coming from your identity, this forest, this uniqueness inside of you, this wired for love, beautiful thing inside of you that the whole world needs because you have, you, you're a piece of the puzzle. And I know that's so cheesy, but you seriously are a piece of the puzzle. There's, there's a view that you bring to the world and there's a way that you do things that no one else can do. And where I really got a glimpse of that was in the early years of when I was practicing and I used to train, do a lot of training with teachers and do a lot of work in schools in South Africa in the disadvantaged areas in the apartheid era and the transition and the post-apartheid era and saw the most terrible things and so many broken people. And I was training a group of teachers in a place called the Eastern Cape. And I was teaching about identity and I was teaching about the profile that I've developed called the gift profile and, and, and I was teaching all these concepts. And one of the teachers interrupted me and stood up and just said, Dr. Leaf, there is a student in my class who is so stupid. There is no ways that they have even any unique identity or could ever learn how to learn. And that just like, I'm never at loss for words or very seldom at loss for words especially when it comes to, to my field, I was in that moment dumbstruck. And there was a dead silence. There was a huge crowd of teachers. And then suddenly one of this particular teacher's colleagues stood up and said, Sir, that child can do something that you can't do. And it is your responsibility as a teacher to try and help that child find it. And that had such an impact on me. There was, like, that teacher got a standing ovation from all of us. And I have told that story, and I mean, we're talking like nearly 30, 25 years ago that I, that the story that I, that I literally heard that story. And that's always struck with, it stood, it stood by me. And I've said it so many times since then that there's something you can do that no one else can do. And if we are all of that mindset, we're going to pull it out in each other. Like that teacher said, and it's your responsibility to, to encourage a person to, to encourage that student to be who they are, to help them find that. That's what we should be doing. But we live in this competitive society that is like saying one, every man for themselves. And if you do well, that means I can't do well, which is so wrong. It isn't a zero-sum game. 
It isn't an either or game. It is an and situation. We all and, 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 and each one is building and building and building and building. It's an enhancement that we need to be looking at. Sometimes I find it extremely hard and stressful to ensure I'm getting all the nutrition my brain and body needs to function at an optimal level. And far too often I find supplements and powders ridiculously overpriced. That's why I love the all-in-one single scoop formula from Athletic Greens. Mac and I take it to support our gut health, immune systems, improve our energy and mental clarity. The daily beverage provides 75 highly absorbable vitamins, minerals and whole food source ingredients. The formula gives you a daily multivitamin, probiotic, prebiotic, green blend and adaptogens like ashwagandha and rhodiola. Used to address stress and anxiety all without the need to take any pills or multiple products. If you want to simplify your routine, reduce the stress of taking multiple things and drink something that actually tastes good, then adding Athletic Greens is worth a try. They are offering my readers an incredible immune-supporting bundle with a year's supply of vitamin D and five travel packs free with your subscription today. Simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf and join health experts, athletes and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash leaf and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. The link and details will be in the show notes. Summertime is officially here and one of my favorite mental self-care activities is hiking with my family and dogs. Needless to say, what you wear on your feet is so important if you want to have a good time, especially the kind of socks you have on. On more than one occasion, I have tripped on rocks and fallen branches because my socks have slipped down in my shoes. Not only is this really frustrating, but also a little scary. Thankfully, since I've discovered features, I have been able to walk and hike with confidence. I personally love the Everyday Woman's Ultra Light Socks, which I can wear with both my outdoor and indoor shoes and still feel great. Feature socks are truly engineered to help you achieve your best every day, whether you're working out or on the go. Plus, all Features products come with a lifetime guarantee. If you're unsatisfied at any point, they'll give you a replacement pair, no questions asked. They are guaranteed to be the best socks you've ever worn. But don't just take my word for it. Features is challenging you to try a pair. And if they're not the best socks you've ever worn, they'll take them back. They are so confident that you'll love their socks that they've also given the listeners of Cleaning Up the Mental Mess $10 off your first pair of features when you go to features.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com slash Dr. Leaf for $10 off your first pair of features. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. Christopher Fuchs is a quantum theorist, one of my favorite quantum theorists, and he talks about the fact that it's not about you, it's about you in the world. You perhaps have heard me say this before. And it is like that. It's not just about you alone. We can't, there's a whole teaching around that too. And I'm not going to talk about isolation now, but it's you in the world. Only you can bring to the world what you can bring to the world. And when we see that, then you can look at someone else, even who's doing maybe an identical thing to you, you know, maybe in the same profession, maybe another teacher or another doctor or another wellness coach or whatever. And they're doing basically have studied the same thing as you or something like that, you can look at them and realize, hey, there's something you can do that I can't do. And if I enhance you and lift you, in doing that, you increase your own intelligence, you increase your own brain health, you increase 
blood flow, coherence in your brain, you increase throughout your entire body, your neurophysiology starts changing. You have a totally different way of functioning that builds resilience and increases your intelligence. And when you do that, when you see someone else in that way, then in turn, they respond. When someone is saying, hey, that's amazing, you sit or whatever, and they give you compliments and they mean it, you, it builds you up and you naturally say, oh, wow, I feel so good. You may not say that, but you do feel good. And then you immediately pay it forward. It's like this natural paying it forward. That's enhancement. When two waves collide and they go, one goes under the other, they lift and enhance. But when two waves collide in the wrong way, they cancel. This is competition and it leads to flatline. It leads to identity crises. It leads to, to people not knowing who they are, not thinking things through correctly. Because but when you enhance, when they hit this way and you enhance, it builds and builds and builds. And that's how community grows. Years ago, I remember thinking, why am I so obsessed with the mind and the brain and the psychoneurobiology and how we work and function and identity and intelligence and all the stuff that I talk about? And I realized that if people can understand how to think, if people, if I can help people to think, they can find love. They can find themselves. And when you find yourself, you filled with love. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Come on, we're going to make a mess. We're going to get irritated. We're going to gossip. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to yell and scream at times. We're going to have an argument with our spouse. We're going to, you know, have that those moments of jealousy and envy. But the difference is that you're going to be self-regulated and your identity is going to be so strong that your unique thinking, feeling, and choosing will just blossom and you'll say, oops, and you'll find yourself self-regulating and standing back and observing your own thinking and seriously diving deeply into recognizing, hey, what I've just done isn't making me feel very good. It's not actually, it's not enhancing. It's not building my intelligence. It's not building that person's intelligence. And you kind of catch yourself. So the difference is that instead of staying in that jealous or envious state or angry state or frustrated state for a long period of time or forever, you actually catch it quickly and you fix it. And in that way, you build your own identity as well. See, identity is the unique way that you think and feel and choose. And we all can help each other find that, a parent helping a child, a teacher helping a child, a husband and a wife, a friends, siblings. It's all, everyone in the environment is playing a role. And let's face it, we need to develop our identities because we live in environments that are very toxic, that have got beautiful things as well as toxic things. But unfortunately, with our technological age, we immerse a lot more in toxicity than we are in healthy things. And we're going to have to make conscious decisions to be very aware of the impact of our environment on us. Because as I said, it's not about you, it's about you in the world. So that's with people and you in the world, you're going to meet other people and you can't control people. And there's, and there's and the effect of people is that these circumstances and events happen. So you're going to be, you thrown into a world of people, events and circumstances you can't control. If your identity is very flimsy, or if you've got too much of this around your identity to give you the visual, you're going to be thrown and knocked by everything and you're going to get broken so easily. It doesn't mean you're going to get heart, not get heartbroken if someone says something horrible to you or if a friendship or relationship ends or something like that, or you have a fight with someone at work or something. It doesn't mean that you know, you're not going to have a little jolt, but you'll find yourself recognizing this identity crisis says it's me I'm bad I'm shame I've done this I'm the bad person and you get you'll you'll have response to that reaction like negative reactions you'll transmit negative behaviors and so on 
That's an identity crisis versus someone whose identity is pre-intact and they get have a crushing relationship fallout in some way. They're not going to say, it's me, I'm broken. They're going to, I'm at my core value, I'm useless. They're going to say, okay, something's happened here. What is going on? Why did that person show up in that way? Why did I show up in this way? Why are they saying what they're saying? Why am I saying what I'm saying? What is happening here with this conflict? So in other words, you become curious and evaluative and logical about it. And you're able to stand back. And once you've got all the emotions a little bit under control and that kind of stuff, you can stand back and start evaluating. But your core of who you are, you're not walking away feeling broken. You're feeling sad, but you're not feeling broken. And that's, that's, that's key. That's indication for you that your identity is still intact. But if you're feeling broken at every negative word, or if you're feeling like you constantly need to be reinforced by others and that kind of thing, or being, feel like you need to do things to please people, people pleasing is a clear, also another perfectionism, people pleasing. Those are definitely clear signs of identity that has been challenged. You know, when you find yourself looking at Instagram and you think you get this jolt in your stomach, and you think, oh, why is that happening to them? What have I done wrong? Then you know there's an identity crisis. But if you can look at other people's Instagram and think, hey, I'm so happy for them. That's amazing that's happening to them. I'd love some of that too. But you're not envious. You're not wanting to take it away from them. It's not that either or. It is you're happy for them, but you'd also love a bit of something like that for yourself. That's healthier than you thinking, oh my gosh, and trying to, you know, I'm bad, I could never get that, I'm terrible, and then I wish they didn't have it, and then you kind of transmit that into a sort of jealousy or an envy. Jealousy and envy crush identity and damage your brain. They are totally toxic. And let me tell you that there's no need to be envious and jealous of someone else, because no matter how beautiful their Instagram life may look or their life may seem, there's still something you can do that they can't do, and there's something they can do that you can't do. There's no competition. We have to put the competition aside. There is no competition. No one can compete with you because no one can think like you do and no one can do what you can do. I tell you, when you get that, your mental health will change. You'll be so clear in your mind about finding what that is and naturally paying it forward and and just giving that love to others. You're just going to want to transmit to others. Whereas if you're feeling broken, you just want to absorb and you keep absorbing the negative and the positive and you become this very, you know, sort of like you can't produce, you just become a sort of like a sponge sucking in things good and bad and and you be, then that because that's so abnormal it creates a transmission like a transmission effect like a a shooting out of lava out of the volcano of all kinds of spewing all kinds of negative stuff okay so a very simple if just to just to summarize where we at at this point a very simple definition of identity then is the unique way that each of us thinks feels and chooses and that produces our singular thoughts and experiences the framework is laid down in our genes. Now, this is now, okay, listen to this. I'm now going to explain nature, nurture, I factor. So the framework is laid down in our genes. So you have your own unique set of genes. You know that. We also see that play out in the brain in that there are 200 areas in your brain that are, in, there's two lobes, there's two side hemispheres, four lobes, a whole bunch of different structures, but there's 200 like organized areas in your brain and each has its own special connections. And because your brain your skull is limited in size and your brain is limited in size. You don't have every single skill built into your brain, but you have the unique contribution you can make. You can't do everything, but you can do something that you can do that no one else can do and someone else can do something else. And you bring it all together and you have a complete enhancement culture. So in other words, we are specialized and that specialization continues to grow through our life. 
And that specialization is enhancing to others. It's not competitive to others. I mean, this is a, like it's a shift on, 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 a, on, a, on, a, on a message you've probably heard before, but it's like it's enhancement. So you can do something that no one else can do. And you don't have to be able to do what everyone else can do in the same way. It's your own way that adds the color and the flavor and the beauty. It's unique. Two ballet dancers learning the same routine, they're going to do it slightly differently. And each has got their own way of manifesting. You know, it's, it's, it's everyone is, and that, that's what we've got to appreciate. That's where we build our identity, when we recognize that in an enhancement way. So, for, so we have our nature, our genetic makeup, and, which, and then it's, we see it playing out in, for example, the 200 structures of the brain. We see it playing out in that your vib- even your proteins vibrate differently. We see it in the, in the gravitational fields of your mind that you can't take mine, I can't take yours. That's unique to you. We see this playing out in our neurobiology throughout this uniqueness. And so it's there in the nature side. Then you're in nurture. You're born you, you're in, an, in a womb where you're experiencing environment, what your mom's going through, what you what she, what she's experiencing, what she's eating, etc., what your father, etc., all that environment. Then you're born into that. And so in other words, there's the nurture. So nature, the biology, nurture, all your exposure. And there's been a debate for years about which one's more important. And you can't do that. They're both important. They play a role together. It's nature plus nurture together. And there's a third factor, and that is the unique I factor. You see, that nature and that nurture is going to generate a very specific I factor. So in other words, that I factor is the most dominant, the one right at the top. It's the you, the unique way that you think, feel, and choose. And it's I factor playing through the nature, the genetics and the brain structures and so on, and then being influenced by nurture, your religious upbringing, your cultural beliefs, the things you've been exposed to, your belief systems, the experiences that you've had growing up and all that kind of stuff. So all of those shape you. Now, your I factor always is is the most dominant. It's going to be working in the most dominant way. And it is going to, that's where we see people that grow up in terrible environments and they still make it. And these stories of people that have been like, I interviewed Edith Eager, who was a Holocaust victim and was in the concentration camps. And her story, you go listen to that podcast. I mean, it was incredible. And this woman has spent her whole life, the minute she literally, once she was healed and she got out of the concentration camps, becoming a psychologist, getting a PhD and helping others. And so she, her story of survival is incredible. And how many beautiful stories of people that get through the most unbelievable things. That's the I factor. The I factor is your unique way that you think, feel and choose. And it works through the biology and can override the negative nurture because the nurture is the unknown factor. And yes, nature can also be a problem because we can have genetic issues, but still your uniqueness will always, your eye factor will always draw on, even if there is something that's genetically not right with your, with your nurture, nature, your, your, your biology, there's still your uniqueness. Everyone still has that uniqueness. So eye factor nurture still produces uniqueness. And it's the nurture that's the unpredictable. And the unpredictable, if we develop our I factor, if we develop identity, we can recognize and manage and deal with the nurturing things that go wrong, the wrong things in our environment that steal from us, that create the, the things like the death of despair. So we are, when we are functioning in and organically growing our identity, we tend to be filled with inspiration, creativity, excitement, peace, and kindness. We are more self-regulated, compassionate, and calm, and have purpose and passion and direction and hope. 
So if you want to know, if you want to do a quick identity check to see if you're in or out of your identity, if you or if your identity is being a bit crowded out by by environment, by a nurturing factor at the stage, then you can look at these and you can turn it the other way around. Are you filled with inspiration? Are you filled with creativity? Are you, do you have excitement? I'm not talking about 24-7, okay? Let's be real. We get tired, we get sleepy, we have moments. But in general, okay, in general, what is the sort of general mindset and attitude of your life? Inspired, creative, excitement. What's your level of excitement? Your level of peace. You know, things hit us and all things happen and you can feel in the moment that things are going crazy and you feel overwhelmed. But are you able to bounce back? Are you able to pull yourself together and go forward? I talk a lot about this using the neurocycle to do that. Your identity plays a massive role in, in being able to see that, okay, I think, feel, and choose in this way. This is my core value. This is what's happening to me, but I know what's in me, okay? Your identity is what's in you. How are you? You've got to pull, got to develop that. People that are really depressed, really broken, really anxious from traumas and all kinds of stuff, their identity's been shot. They see themselves as shame, useless that they deserve punishment and all that kind of thing. And that's where we have to go in and enhance. That's where we can support, enhance and build them up and help them to see there's something you can do that no one else can do. You know, when I used to do this in my practice and work with people on identity in our practice, I tell you, I never had a dry eye because sometimes it was the first time any, someone had ever told them what had that they could do something that no one else can do. And I have this profile evaluation and I'd print this out and show them and say, listen, this is how you think, feel, and choose. This is unique. No one thinks and feels and chooses like you do. And it produces the uniqueness of you. And yes, it's been knocked by the environment, knocked by nurture, but I factor will win. And let's find your I factor again. That's what I'm talking about here. You'll also find kindness, your kindness to yourself. Very, very important one to do an identity check. How kind are you being to yourself? So the more self-regulated, are you able to Get irritated and catch it. Are you able to get upset and catch it and come back? Or, or are you staying irritated? Are you staying upset for long periods of time? Is it is it insidiously affecting your work, your relationships, etc.? Calmness. Is there a sense of calmness? You may be a busy person. I'm kind of hyper. I'm kind of a hyper person, an energizer bunny, but I also have a sense of calmness and I know how to calm myself down. Can you do that? And there was a time in my life where I get knocked very, knocked very easily and was a perfectionist and still have those tendencies. And I know where it came from and I know how to deal with it. So I've worked through, I've done the neurocycling, I've done the detoxing, and I know how to do an identity check. So it still comes back, but I know the triggers and I can manage them. That's what I want to give to you. Hey, do you have purpose and passion? Do you find, even if things go wrong, are you able to bounce back and say, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sh- possibilities mindset. This happened. Okay, that happened. That's terrible. Okay, what have I learned? What doesn't work? Are you able to bounce back? These are all very, very tied to that core value, your identity, the unique way you have so much confidence in the way that you think, feel, and choose that even if it's hard, you're still able to struggle through and keep going and persevering. Direction. Do you feel like you've got some sort of direction? It may not be totally clear, but you know that you're going to keep progressing in that direction. Hope. People die from lack of hope. It's called deaths of despair. Okay. However, when we're being shaped by the world around us, by people's expectations, social media, cultural dictates, toxic relationships and influences. I mean, like being in a narcissistic relationship, being in trauma bonding, that really, really knocks your identity, being gaslit, all those things. That has really built so much toxicity around that how you uniquely think, feel and choose. It can really affect how you function. And that's why it's so important to heal in you in those very traumatic situations is you have to get away and you have to get into an environment where you say, where you can mentally repair that damage, that you can refine, get rid of these toxic trees and refine that forest because it's there, that identity, that core of who you are. 
if you find when you lose your sense of self, another key thing is that you, you'll feel bitterness, bitterness, rage. Because you know the rage and the bitterness are the realization that there's an imbalance. It's your, it's your non-conscious mind literally telling you through the rage and the bitterness, it's telling you there's an imbalance. You need to look at your identity. So these are warning signals that you can look at. Bitterness, rage, anxiety, excessive anxiety, worry, constantly worry, self-pity, victim mentality, envy, jealousy, pride, cynicism, loss of hope are all indications. Obviously, they, they're not just identity, but generally identity is at the core of, of most stuff because it's who you are. It begins with how you uniquely think, feel, and choose. That's why this is such an important topic. An identity crisis is an existential crisis. It's something you have to face and deal with. It cuts to the core of your being and value and will impact how you think and what you feel and what you do. Okay? So basically, your non-conscious mind is foundational to your functioning. You have a conscious mind, which is awake when you're awake. You have a non-conscious mind, which operates 24-7, where all your experiences from a certain point in the womb to the age you're at now is stored in these thought trees. Okay? And it's through the middle of this forest is the healthy identity, wise mind, how you uniquely think, feel, choose. And on the side of it is all these forests of green and toxic. And in your that's in your actual physical brain. It looks like trees and in your mind. It looks like wavy trees. And then in your DNA, it also goes into your DNA. So three places, okay? So your non-conscious mind is always looking for balance. It protects you. It is your dynamic, brilliant part of you. It's the part of you that is constantly desiring to help blend the messy mind with the wise mind and the wise mind's identity. So the, the non-conscious mind is sending signals like bitterness to say, hey, you bitter. Look at the bitterness. It's telling you something. Your identity has been attacked in some way. You're not happy about yourself. you bitter. There's bitterness. There's rage. There's jealousy, pride, envy. You're, you, who you, you, you're not confident in who you are. You've lost sight. You need to peel this away and start digging in again. That's what your non-conscious mind is doing. When your identity is threatened, this can be reflected in the brain, okay? So as an imbalance in the brain, so in the two sides of the brain, where is my brain here? My brain's in my head, but here's a model of one. (laughs) Okay, so here is a brain. We want coherence. That means balance between the two sides of the brain. When I work with people and I see from a QEEG that their identity is being attacked, we'll see low energy in the front of the brain. We'll see a lot of, it comes out like blue on the QEEG. And once the identity starts coming back again, when they shift from thinking like, I am depression, I am shame, or something like that to, oh, I feel shame because of, I feel depressed because of, I feel bitterness because of, I feel rage because of, and there's no judgment, there's only kindness in in that statement. Not, oh, I'm bad, I'm rage, I'm terrible, I'm guilty, I shouldn't feel rage. It's not that, no. That's going to shoot your identity down. It's when you say, okay, I am bitter. It's a fact. I own it. I'm bitter and I'm bitter because of I've got something with my something is something in my identity has been attacked. Something in my core existentialism value in me has been is 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 damaged at the moment. Let me do the work of finding it out, okay? So in the brain we're gonna get imbalance between the two sides. We're gonna get low energy, low oxygen, blue brain functioning. That is going to send a message to your entire body that their survival is threatened. When your identity is threatened, you, your core survival on an unconscious level, brain and body, will feel threatened. And when you feel threatened, you'll react with like rage, bitterness, etc., to try and counteract. So you've got to read that counteraction, which as a signal from the non-conscious to say, hey, 
This is saying to you, there's imbalance. Listen to this. Fix the rage. Use the rage to find out why. There's a cause underneath it. Rage is telling you something. It's a messenger. Okay? In fact, we see that the brain, that a loss of identity is reflected in low brain activity in the frontal lobe and pockets of high beta across the temporal lobe. Okay? And we want, we want high beta because it's focused, but you don't want too much of it. So there's, there's certain patterns when someone's really feeling bad about themselves. These are very general. Obviously, it's, it's, you know, it's very unique to each person, but in general, we'll see low energy. Blue brain there and red pockets across the side of high beta. And once people's identity starts restoring and they start saying, not I'm depression, but I'm depressed because of, then we start seeing that the high beta drops in that temporal region and drops actually also across the central part of the brain and the blue starts changing to like a greenish color, which shows that there's a change happening. We're getting more balance and coherence, more activity, more oxygen, more blood flow, better connection between the different, all the different parts, those 200 different areas of the brain. So what's happening is that when we have this, this is toxic energy and it's very disruptive. It's, it's really volcanic. And so the non-conscious mind is trying to dissipate this energy, this toxic energy that is causing you to have a toxic view of your identity. And that's a very, I mean, your identity is being, being attacked. It's tremendously disruptive to who you are as a person. It really is crushing. And that creates this, this really, I mean, on a physiological level and physics level, there is this energy that's doing this inside of you. It's crazy. And the non-conscious mind's work is to try and dissipate that energy. So it sends that energy up into your conscious mind as signals of depression, anxiety, the rage, the bitterness, the jealousy, the envy. I mean, isn't that amazing? You get those signals. And if you look at them, hey, I'm jealous. I'm envious. I'm bitter. I'm not compassionate, whatever. You can then start seeing why is it my identity? Do I feel threatened? Do I feel that I have no value, that I'm not of importance? And then you've got to remember what I've said today. There's something you can do that no one else can do. And if you're not doing it, I'm suffering because I can't do what you can do. And you contribute and add value to my life, even if I don't know you. But you do because there's something you can do. That's the beauty of the bond. It's the beauty of the, the connection, the way that we have been created, the way gravitational fields work, the way quantum physics works, the way that we are waves and particles right down to that level, right? Translated back up into just human compassion and interaction and deep, meaningful connections and all that stuff. So you come out of the womb with something in you. That's that nature I factor thing. And then there's something you can do that no one else can do and the whole world benefits. Because no one except you can think the unique thought that you are thinking right now that results in your unique contribution that enhances the world. No one can compete with you. So you don't have to compete with anyone else. There's no competition to get that out of our head. It's one of the worst things for identity is competing. One of the best things for identity is enhancement. I mean, just try that yourself. Just try enhancing someone else, someone that you feel jealous of. Go and look at that and think, why am I jealous? What is it exactly that I'm jealous of? Get down to the core basics. So let's talk about that in a moment. We're gonna, I'm going to give you the steps. So by mind managing your identity, you can train yourself to recognize your typical warning signals and the discomfort zones that they create, which will pop up as quiet prompting messages from the non-conscious mind. Sometimes they're not so quiet. Sometimes the bitterness is consuming. So you've got to pay attention. So the louder it gets, the longer it's been there, the more threatening it is to your balance and your survival. And you grab it with both hands. You don't run because you can't run. It's just going to get bigger. So you may as well face it to dissipate it. Running increases it. You face it to dissipate it. Okay? So it's disruptive. It leads to accumulations of toxic energy in the mind and the brain. And then that just manifests in areas of your life. So it builds, builds, builds. The volcano explodes and things go wrong. And you're going to have to fix it at some point anyway. So maybe you can fix it before the volcano explodes. 
If the volcano has exploded in your life, that's okay. Wherever you're at, it's okay. You can still rebuild your identity. Okay, it's actually easy and normal to slip in and out of how we understand ourselves because we keep changing. It's so organic. It's really, and it's also really hard not to be affected by others. But as I said earlier on, when you understand these principles that I'm teaching and you have a system in place and there's a neurocycle and neurocycling I teach in my new book. So if you haven't yet got a copy, get yourself a copy because the neurocycle is a system, a delivery system that I have developed that is how you get your mind, wise mind talking to your messy mind and delivering that information into the brain and directing the neuroplasticity of the brain and the healing in the body or healthy functioning and resilience in the brain and the body, changing the environment of the brain and the body. Okay, so this is why we can benefit from a good identity check now and then. I would suggest that you do the neurocycle to do this. Whenever you catch yourself starting to feel bitterness, regret, rage, anxiety, worry, self-pity, envy, pride, jealousy, cynicism, loss of hope. Those are good ones to work on. And do this a few times a year because you're always growing. Check a few times, just check in on yourself and do this neurocycle. I'm going to tell you how to do it in a moment. An important note to keep in mind, identity is not a fixed thing. It may be more helpful to think of identity as a process, okay? A, a verb rather than a noun. So it's how you think, feel, choose. But when you were a child, you thought, you thought, felt, and chose in your unique Caroline way or whoever you are. But as I've grown, my think, feel, choose is still Caroline, but it's mature. It's changed with every experience I have with my children and my husband and, and the work that I do. And I am growing my identity. So it's not fixed. So think of it as a verb rather than a noun. Seeing identity as a noun can keep you stuck on the idea. Now, this is so important. Let me read this to you. Seeing identity as a noun can keep us stuck on the idea of finding an elusive treasure and can keep us in shame or guilt because we have not found it and never will find it. And that's what a lot of the wellness industry unfortunately does tell us. And the self-help industry is that there's this purpose in one singular passion. No, it's not. It's so organic. It's so multifocused. It's so, it's you expressed in this incredibly complex and, ma and amazing way. Okay. And that's what you want to keep on developing and enjoying. I have to tell you about an amazing new service I found called Framebridge. Framebridge makes it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to the travel photos sitting on your phone. With Father's Day around the corner, Framebridge also makes the perfect gift. In fact, select gifts ship the next day. Just upload your photo and order by Tuesday, June 15th for guaranteed free delivery in time for Father's Day. Here's how it works. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, preview your item in any frame style, choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The expert team at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece straight to you. Or they can deliver to dad in time for Father's Day when you place your order by Tuesday, June 15th. Instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a traditional framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code DRLEAF. I'm planning on getting a picture collage of photos framed for my husband, Mac, for Father's Day using Framebridge, and I am super excited. I know he'll be absolutely thrilled. It is the perfect way to highlight all the best memories we have had together. Order a custom gift for any dad in your life in minutes. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code DRLEAF 
you'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code Dr. Leaf, framebridge.com, promo code Dr. Leaf. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. As you know from my work and research, what you eat affects how you think and how you think affects what you eat. When I think of food, I don't just think of nourishing my body, but also my mind in a holistic and sustainable way. But this perspective was not something I was taught at school or even at university. Think about everything you've ever learned about getting healthy. There's a lot of contradictory information out there and things like that old-fashioned food pyramid aren't much help either. I am sure, like me, you have even gotten some questionable food advice, like don't eat certain foods at night or avoid certain products because they'll make you put on weight. I've heard it all. And to be honest, I'm still not sure if much of what I have heard is actually good advice. Enter Noom. They know it's not just about what you eat, but also about how you eat. Noom teaches you why you make the choices you do and gives you the tools to replace your habits with healthier ones. Based on real science, Noom teaches you what you need to know about your food choices so you can accomplish your personal health goals and stick with them long term. Indeed, The thing I love most about Noom is that you pick the health goals that are right for you and Noom personalizes a food program to help your aspiration become reality. I personally want to eat better for my mental health and to manage stress better and I'm learning how to do this with Noom. Noom works with your lifestyle so you don't have to commit to a rigorous plan that doesn't work for you. There's a real science to getting healthier. It's called Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom noom.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. Learn how to eat again with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom. noom.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. Ready to learn how to live healthier? Sign up for Noom today at noom.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link is in the show notes. So let's quickly do learn how to do an identity check. And for more detail on this, as I said, it's in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And I have an app the NeuroCycle app that you can download from Google and iTunes. And there is the basic NeuroCycle in there. I walk you through that, the 63-day cycle, plus there's a whole lot of little mini audio guides. And we keep adding to it. And we're going to be building a ton of stuff about identity, that profile that I spoke about, all kinds of stuff into that. But it currently has a lot of stuff that can help you. Okay, so first thing in doing an identity check is you want to basically gather awareness of signals, okay? So gather. Gather means that you are in control. So I've used the word gather for a very specific reason. When you gather, you are in control of the process. When you gather apples in an orchard, you go apple picking, you take your basket and you choose. I like that apple. Mm, I don't like that one. I like that one. Like I like that one. And you choose the apples. You gather them into your basket. You go berry picking. You gather. Gathering is agency. It's control. It means you're in control of the process. So what you're doing now is an identity check. You are getting into control of the process. So just before you start gathering, just do a preparation. And the preparation, brain preparation, is to do some deep breathing. You can do the 10-second pause I've taught before where you breathe in for three and out for seven. You can do a bit of tapping. You can do havening. I have lots of examples in here. In the app, I have examples of how to do a bit of brain preparation. It balances the chemistry in the brain. The neurochemistry gets you calm, gets you focused, gets you seeing things a little clearer. When your physiology's neurophysiology is working well, so you do that first, and you get, and then you tell yourself, "I can do something that no one else can do. I am amazing, and I need to find this because I need to help others. I need to enhance others. When I am me, 
operating as me. I'm going to pour that out on others and I'm going to enhance them. Do you say something like that to yourself? Now, what I've done with that combination of some breathing, maybe some tapping, and then that statement, and I've now stand back and I now observe myself and I'm going to dive into the five steps. That preparation that I've just talked about has made 1,400 neurophysiological responses work for you and not against you. You've got blood flow, you've got oxygen, you've got those connections, 200 connections that's primed. Your brain and body is primed because it is like, hey, yay, we are going towards our survival mode. We are diving into that forest, the middle of the forest, and we're going to start really activating and getting to know through our lifetime this beautiful forest that is identity, the core of that forest of your mind that I was speaking about earlier on. Okay, so now you, so you, you've done that preparation, now you're ready, now you gather. So you gather awareness of the emotional warning signals, and those are things like, and I'll read them to you again, bitterness, rage, anxiety, worry, self-pity, envy, victim mentality, pride, jealousy, cynicism, loss of hope. Okay, you gather awareness of those, pick them. Which of those have you got? If you've got all of them, that's fine. Just whatever, no judgment here. And don't say, I say you. Put two chairs side by side. And you are sitting in one, and you're also sitting in the other in your mental mind. And, you, and you're, saying, you're giving yourself therapy, and you're saying, okay, Caroline, we're doing an identity check. Let's gather awareness of those signals that are making you feel crushed at the moment. Let's have a look at what they are. So you kind of use the you, and you're kind of giving yourself a little therapy. You're doing it for yourself. This is like it's so amazing. When you do this, it's, I do this with my patients all the time. I do it with myself. It is so freeing. It's called the multiple perspective advantage, creating that distance. It does so many wonderful things in your brain. Okay, so you gather awareness, emotional warning signals. Then you're going to gather awareness of the physical. So when you like gather bitterness as the emotional apple warning signal, then what is the physical in your body? Maybe it's like a heart palpitation and there's jealousy. Maybe you get this wish through your gut or redness in your face, whatever. Write it down. I mean, capture it, sorry, gather it. Then you're going to gather what are your behavioral warning signals. So what do you do when you're jealous? Maybe you get gossipy or you get nasty or you get cynical, you say something unkind or you or you slam yourself and think I'm useless. What did you what do you do? Okay? Grab that. Then what's your perspective? What's your overarching perspective of yourself? What's that warning signal? How do you see yourself? And you gather that. Then next step is you're going to reflect on that. You're going to do a mental autopsy. You're going to ask, answer, discuss. Why do I have the bitterness? And then Ask, answer, discuss. Start trying to track through. So there's the four signals oozing out of here. You're going to become a thought detective. You're now going to look at what am I thinking, feeling, and choosing? What's going on here? How am I thinking, feeling, and choosing about myself? Why bitterness? What, what am I thinking about myself here that is causing bitterness? Where does that come from, root? Envy, where does that come from? What does it look like? What's the data? What do I do? So here's all the looking at yourself and analyzing this, what am I doing? How am I doing it? Why am I doing it? Ask, answer, discuss, and getting down to, okay, let's see if there's a cause behind this. So you're doing a sort of, you're thought detective. You're being a thought detective. You're deconstructing this, and then you're going to reconstruct. You're getting this out in the open. Then the third step, you're going to write that down in the metacog, and the metacog looks like a pattern, and it's messy, and you're just going to pull this on the page in a metacog, on branches, on lines, lines growing out of the center. I explain in the book, I give you an example in the book and in the app I have a little video and examples in the in a in the uh, FAQ section and it's brilliant for dragging your you to be very deeply introspective. It pulls you into yourself, into that forest, pulls the two sides of the brain to work together. So when you do this kind of digging and 
these three steps are putting you deeper and deeper and deeper into your non-conscious mind and finding the truth. Your non-conscious mind, remember, operates 24-7. It's not unconscious. Unconscious is when you're knocked out with an anesthetic or a baseball bat or something. Non-conscious is this dynamic thing that drives you. It's brilliant. It never stops. It's quantum in speed. It's present, past, future. That's where all this stuff is. And you want to dive in there because in the middle of that is that forest of wisdom, the unique way that you think, feel, and choose. And you're training yourself to find that, okay? So then you're going to you're going to write that down. Just pour it on the page. Whatever comes out, all this bitter because of this and that. And I think it's a doesn't matter if it's not organized. Get it out. And then the fourth step to recheck, you're going to start asking yourself the question. You're going to start reconceptualizing it. Reconceptualizing means seeing it in a different way. You see, there's X, which is you, and there's Y, which has happened. And if you don't deal, find the X, which is your unique thing for choose, the Y is like hitting you, and then you're going into an XY state. If that makes sense, you're just like never really you properly. You're blocked. But if you go X plus Y and you go to Z, I hope this is making sense, you are creating that new beautiful you. You're accepting, you're finding the X, you're seeing the Y, and you're seeing, okay, how am I, me, my uniqueness going to going to impact that Z. I want that Z to now be me expressing myself, not me confused in an XY mode where I'm half me and half someone else. But Z is me expressing myself in that way, doing the unique Z that only I can do. Okay, so your recheck is where you're going to start answering questions like, you know, okay, let's get to the, in the reflect, you started seeing the bitterness and seeing the reasons why. Now you go even deeper. You've looked at, you've poured that onto the page, what you gathered. So on when, when you do the gather and reflect that's in your, you do it mentally, then when you do the metacog step three, you're writing that all down. When you do the recheck, you're sorting that out and you're trying to find the triggers and the patterns. Why am I feeling this way? You're digging deeper. And perhaps you discovered it was a trigger by someone, something someone said at work that you tracked back to a thought you built as a child when someone at school laughed at you as you gave a speech. I mean, this is, this, this is just one of the examples I wrote here. So rechecking this would look something like this. What that person said to me was their perception. Okay, so you find, okay, well, I'm feeling bitter and I'm feeling this lack of identity and bitter because the root is, it's a thought that I built as a child when someone laughed at me. So there's there's me giving the speech and there's someone laughing. There's the root. I interpreted that. There's my interpretation of that. I interpreted that as I'm stupid or I can never make it. I'm, I'm just not going to be good enough to stand in front of people or something or I'm just not good enough people are going to laugh at me I'm too scared to offer my opinion because it's not good enough and then so that's what you see is the situation you can't stop there so you found the root so now the reconceptualization is okay so that's the issue so how can I see myself differently so now you can reconceptualize it so you can say something like this what that person said to me was their perception which was based on assumptions and not truth and also where they are at at that time so there was something that was going on in their life that made them feel bad. So they made, wanted to make you feel bad to make them feel good or whatever. They were make, it was a bunch of assumptions. So they, instead of, you see, you absorbed it at that point, but now you are analyzing it so that you no longer have to absorb it. You're taking that energy away and you're going to reconceptualize it. So now no longer is it, I am not good enough. It is, oh, they made assumptions. It was their perception. They came from a place maybe of brokenness. I don't know what was going on in their life, but I don't have to accept that as my truth. I can see that differently. So I've reconceptualized the situation from they laughed at me because I'm bad to they laughed at me because that's their perception. It's not necessarily accurate. Okay. So the truth is that I do have value in that area of whatever. Okay. So 
This is also a great place to start analyzing your patterns and behavior that could help you further define or shape your identity. Because remember the signals that you picked were your emotional warning signals. You want to look at those and analyze those and reconceptualize. You want to look at the behaviors. You want to look at the physical reactions in your body. And you want to look at your perspective. All of those four signals, groupings of signals, work together and come through in the metacog and in the recheck step. And then you try and see it in a different way. So you take the truth that you find and then you say it in a, see it in a different way. And then your little act of reach would be, what simple actional phrase can you say or do that encapsulates today's work? Now, remember this identity check. For those of you who've never heard of a neurocycle before, these five steps of the neurocycle, they're based on 38 years of research and on a very strong theoretical foundation that I developed over 38 years ago and clinical practice and clinical application. In this book, I explain the science behind it. And I also give you the second half of the book, a practical summary of the five steps in a chart and then tons of applications with lots of examples. So there's a big thing with time. You're not going to fix your identity in one shot. So an identity check you do need to do over a period of 63 days. So for the first 21 days, you're going to work through this, these five steps as I'm describing for anything 7 to 15 minutes a day. It doesn't have to take you long, five minutes even, a minute per step. But don't try and fix it in one day. Go through the full 21 days because you need that amount of time to identify, embrace, process, and reconceptualize into this. Then for the next 42 days, this is now you finding that trigger that threw you and you recognizing how you're going to, how you, you, your, your, what your identity really is and what the trigger was and how you want it to look in your life. And you want to practice. This is saying, okay, well, when someone says that to me, it's not that I'm bad. It's not going to shatter my value. Someone, if a relationship person, I mean, if a friend breaks up with me or something like that, I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm going to recognize it's coming from their place of where they hurt. And just that there's something that just went wrong between us. But it doesn't mean I'm bad. And that's what you may have to write and say for the next 42 days. That's what you learned over the 21 days. And that was really shattering your identity. And it's obviously got more details because these are all the memories. Thought tree made of lots of memories. There's the source. There's the interpretation. Lots and lots of memories. So thoughts are made of memories. Memories are lots of Lots of little things inside the thoughts. So one thought can have hundreds, thousands of memories, okay? And you practice this new way of thinking for 42 days and then it becomes automatized or a habit to change your behavior. So it is going to take you time. So definitely I would do an identity check frequent as at least once, once or twice or three times a year just for growth. And then also in addition to that, I would recommend that you do every time you feel that you are in any of those rage bitterness, you feel your identity being shattered, you feel your core value is being challenged, then you want to do an identity check. I hope this has helped you. Thank you so much for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. 
I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.